whoever and wherever you are. You're listening to We Hate Small Talk with Cindy and Iman. Welcome back to another episode of We Hate Small Talk. Today, we are talking about something very spicy. Today, we're going to be talking about fake friends. Listeners, did you know that today there is a third participant in our call? And I am going to introduce a very good friend of the podcast, Kara Moo. Hi, everyone. My name is Kara. Very happy and honored to be here with my mother. (laughs) (laughs) So Kara is basically like my child and we've known each other for maybe like Ooh, four years now almost. Yeah, I knew her right as she came into university, all bright-eyed and shiny. And we've been friends for a very long time. And we thought we would bring her here today because Kara is a fake friend connoisseur. She has some dirty deeds to share with y'all. <laughs> uh, well, honestly, to begin with, I also don't have many friends. But yeah, also some spicy, spicy stories here and there. <laughs> Yeah, so I guess we can get started right away. And to kind of lay the foundation, I want to know what types of friends you guys have in your lives, as well as kind of like how you met them. Why don't you start, Iman? Yeah, that's a great question, Cindy. So I feel like for me, most of the friends that I have are either from childhood, like we grew up together, we went to the same kind of school, or like we were family friends and then I just became friends with them because I saw them a lot at like gatherings. So that's the first kind. And then the second kind is from university. So I feel like the majority of my close friends are probably met through university. And then lastly, there's like a very small portion of my friends who I met from like very random occurrences. So like either volunteering with them or like I went to this nerd camp called Chad. So I have a couple friends from there um, that I still actually keep in touch with today. So I would say that like mainly encompasses who I'm friends with. How about you, Kara? Um, I also went to the same nerd camp, <laughs> but I, unlike you, did not retain um much contact from Chad unfortunately also because I went in grade 10 instead of grade 11 so everyone was older kind of and they went to university and stopped keeping contact but anyways going back to the point yeah I think majority of my limited number of friends um also come from school whether if it's like elementary school or like middle school or high school or university so that's definitely where I met most of my friends and then the other portion will probably just be like very random either friends of friends or sometimes to work or social media um, as Quincy Edison is a very you know our generation but yeah I think that's where I made most of my friends how about you Cindy yeah I forgot to mention in my introduction that Kara is actually a social media influencer no so we will have her handle in either the description of this episode or on our Instagram follow us at we hate small talk but yeah, check her out. And I always thought you were some sort of social media influencer for real because <laughs> your Facebook profile pictures are so nice. They're so nice. And so I thought like you were actually oh some sort of no, influencer. Like, this is so crazy. Every time Cindy like brings up this point with like our one of our other friends, I'm like, please stop killing me. Um It's really just because the reason is like one of my high school friends, going back to the topic of friends, uh, who I'm no longer friends with, 
T. Um, but he started like getting into photography in high school and he felt too shy asking random strangers to model. And then so he asked me to just stand in places uh, and he would take portraits and then he would get an Instagram page going and then he would like start posting them in order to get other models. Um, and then eventually like other photographers would be like, oh, like, do you model? Like, do you want to like come out for a shoot or like take pictures? I'm like, sure. Like, <laughs> I'm like, okay, I would just stand there. But that's why I have nice photos. But <laughs> yeah, not an influencer of any sort. But you should be. No, she's a triple threat. Kara's a triple threat. She models, she acts, and she influences. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I feel like this is Cindy as a mom, like actually like trying to like make her child do all these things and the child's just like stop mom. I just like have fun. Yeah, honestly, this is why I don't want to have children because I feel like I put Kara under insane amounts of duress <laughs> on a day-to-day basis. And just embarrassment. Like before she just, you know, melts into a puddle out of embarrassment. I'm going to say where I get my friends from. All basically five of my friends that I can count on one hand and you know I I do have very few friends and I think that's something that I prefer but I have one really good childhood friend we've known each other since we were like babies so like that shit's for life and then I have friends that I categorize by interest and by convenience so I feel like by interest we've either met through like a club or an extracurricular activity where we had something that we really bonded over um and spoiler alert that's how I met Kara and then I have friends by convenience where it's either (laughs) not you (laughs) you <laughs> Even you're you're by interest too. We were in the same major, we were in the same classes. But I feel like for convenience, it's just like either high school friends that you just like have to be friends with because you're together for all the same courses, or um friends of friends that you meet in university to kind of expand your social circle. And I put kind of work friends that you barely contact <laughs> or acquaintances in this kind of category as well. But interesting that we have all kind of similar categorizations for this, but I guess like, as I mentioned, there's a slight difference between what a friend is and what an acquaintance might be. And I kind of want to see how you define that line. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess I can go first for like how I would define the difference between a real friend and then just someone that I will say hi to and be friendly with but not really tell them things. I think for me, the number one quality that I value in any friendship is trust. And I think there's a lot of factors that play into how or how much you can trust someone. Like sometimes it's automatic and there's just something about that person that gives you that instinct in your gut that you're like, I can trust this person. Sometimes the trust is built over time. And if you're like friends with them for a longer period of time, you build that trust slowly. And so I feel like I have both of those kinds of friends, but like nevertheless, I have to trust them to keep what I tell them in confidentiality or just like trust them enough to open up to them. And that's like what I really, really value. And if I can trust them, that means that they're a real friend. And then I think like the second thing that's very important to me is Um, the ability to learn from them in some sort of way. And I know that sounds very (laughs) cost-benefit analysis or like very calculative, 
but I mean it more in a sense where like if I'm talking to them I feel like the conversation is like very engaging and I can like gain from our friendship I don't know like that actually (laughs) sounds very calculative so maybe there's a better way to put it but it's like I'm growing with this person not them like pulling me back or um, keeping me stagnant yeah no I I feel like that's not it's not really calculative though I feel like it should be like your friend should be someone that is like lifting you up and you guys are improving together or otherwise like it might not be a pretty healthy relationship in general so I feel like it's, it's what it should be like and I think for me like definitely honesty and like trust is a big one but I think like a broad umbrella that I was thinking of is just someone who has your best interest at heart um so that like would include things like loyalty honesty empathy because I think like for me like it's like yes like my friends have flaws like everyone is selfish to some extent and that's completely okay but as a friend because I am like that like I would always have my friends best interests at heart and you know that doesn't just mean that for example like every time they come to you for advice you have to be super verbally supportive but you're thinking about like okay what is best for them so I think like for me that's kind of like the differentiation between like a true friend and like an acquaintance or like a fake friend Mm, okay what about you cindy yeah i have to agree with both of yours um i think like both of you covered what i have as well like i put loyalty as number one but i don't mean that in like the sense of like blind allegiance like i will always support you no (laughs) matter what is it's kind of you know like i yes Yeah, like, I I kind of not expect that, you know, in the selfish way, you're only friends with me and no one else, but it's like, I I expect you to be able to be there if I need you for something, or like, just that we kind of have that sense of you're, you're my person, you're my ride or die, like that type of feel, and maybe I'm a bit more like stringent when it comes to who my real friends are, so I I have a lot of expectations because I have so few friends, like... (laughs) (laughs) and i think next is definitely honesty like i want all of my friends to be able to tell me like it is like you know that thing it's like should your friend point out if you have like something stuck in your teeth or something like that even as simple as that like if you're a friend of mine like i wouldn't be angry or annoyed if you did that i'd be like holy shit thank you for stopping me from embarrassing myself (laughs) and i i really value that and then lastly i put something down called i want something shiny in my friends and like this seems kind of like almost materialistic but it's along the same lines as what Eman said like i want something to be there that i really like see as their greatest strength or something that is really valuable about them and this can differ according to the person like for example for Iman, her grit and hustle is something i admire a lot in her and that's one of the qualities that i love and she's looking so uncomfortable and i love it and Kara's <laughs> sense of like empathy and the fact that she's like willing to like support and do a lot for all of her friends is something that i really really love about her as well and you know oh my god this just turned into like <laughs> a love fest for my friends and I'm crying um no but yeah like I I always see something super shiny and like just beautiful about each of my friends and yeah you're like a magpie (laughs) (laughs) sorry um more like a raccoon like I'll just go for the shiny things (laughs) 
I want to like also piggyback off of the loyalty and the honesty pieces because I really actually agree with that. Like I want someone to like tell me the brutal truth even if it's hard for me to hear because if my friends can't even do that for me, like who will? And even though sometimes I feel like I have good self-awareness, sometimes my self-awareness is like so bad and I need them to like tell me what actually is going on. And then for the loyalty piece, it was interesting. I was listening to another podcast actually and they were talking about loyalty and friendships especially when it comes to like guys and if your friends break up with their boyfriend like will you still be friends with your friend's exes or like will you like your friend's exes photos on instagram all of that and i feel like i am such a loyal person where i will not even like that friend's photos at all or like watch their stories anymore if my friend broke up with that guy because it's like that guy isn't in my friend's life so why should that guy be in my life and for some friends if I actually don't like the guy I will straight up just unfollow the guy because I feel like like I value loyalty so much and I think that that's just one example of how you can show your loyalty to your friends but yeah loyalty is super important yeah exactly and I think I operate kind of on like a three strikes rule anyways like I kind of don't immediately like define if this person's loyal or not but I see based on their actions and like what they do like Kara said do they have my best interests at heart like what are they doing to maintain this friendship on their side and then I kind of give them the judgment (laughs) in a sense but I think I really wanted to talk about this topic because now I want to see if we stack up against each other's preferred qualities and I already said that you know I think both of you have my something shiny I think both of you are very honest like both of you will just call me out if I'm being stupid or like you know say it in a kinder Kara says it in a nicer way than Yimin does because Yimin will just be like what the fuck (laughs) or like she'll be like I don't understand like what (laughs) and I appreciate that I do so I think that's good and then loyalty yeah like I feel like both of you are very loyal to me (laughs) and like in the sense that like if I reach out like you guys are always there and if we even if we don't talk for a while we'll pick things up and like I can always count on you guys to be there if I'm in need or if I'm just like thinking about something Mm -hmm. yeah and I feel like I I can say the same for like I know Kara we're not that close <laughs> I think we only started becoming friends when we talked on Clubhouse yes <laughs> but that's very important and I think that like someone who is down to like just talk about random shit so openly and like being honest on the first conversation that's like so good for me and yeah with Cindy I think you hit all the points for like being a loyal friend being honest to me like I feel like you push me to be like a better person because I remember last year when I was trying to decide what I wanted to do for my free time like you pushed me to like apply to jobs and not only just random jobs but like you pushed me to do something that I like would never have gone for she said to apply to finance jobs (laughs) essentially um yeah like I feel like you forcing me to do like harvard online classes with you and like do paint nights with you like those are all things that i would never do on my own by myself so like i really appreciate that and then also just like the trustworthy piece like i do trust you so perfect recipe for a friendship oh my god it's like i was created out of that list you have what (laughs) but we were not always this way okay we definitely grew into this (laughs) 
<laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. I think like if you were here from the first episode, you're a real one. And you know that Eamon and I gave each other our first impressions and we didn't think we'd be friends. So yeah, exactly. Yes. Kara, share yours. I definitely think because like mine was just like such a broad umbrella, but I think like same thing, Eamon, like since we don't know each other that well, but honestly from the interactions that we've had on Clubhouse and just for background, because we had these like random rooms where like we just talk about really random and sometimes very deep conversations and topics would just pop up. And I think like even just from those conversations, I just like really enjoyed like the depth of our conversations. And then even just like from hearing things from Cindy, I can already tell that like, you know, if you can tolerate Cindy and, you know, stick around for like all this time and, um, you know, it's a really big sign. I'm joking. But um, yeah. And then Cindy, of course, like honestly, it's interesting that you guys brought up the first impression because I think based on first impression, I also didn't think Cindy and I would become friends. We were, it's because like we were thinking about it, like back in first year, we were both like, we're coming in like strong personalities, like the dyed hair, you know, like <laughs> it was, I was like, yeah like ooh, like doesn't seem like someone that would be like a super softy so i was like ooh, maybe not but i think like as time went on i started to see a lot more similarities between us um and then i was like very much surprised and then yeah like i'm very very happy that like we are as close as we are today and you definitely are someone that meet my umbrella of like having friends best interests at heart like a hundred percent um yeah you will definitely tell me things as it is and very caring person overall so thank you oh my god i've never softy at heart <laughs> i've never gotten the word caring from anyone ever but <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i think like kara and i are both leos and we're both kind of chaotic and so that type of energy usually like you know similar things repel each other and that's what i felt like i was like oh this girl's kind of like me, but last year. <laughs> and it was really interesting. And afterwards, I saw how much of a softy she actually is. Like, you know those lava cakes where it's like outside it looks like a real cake, but inside you cut it open and it's just liquid pouring out. It's just liquid chocolate. That's kind of what she's like. Because like on the outside, she looks fierce as fuck. Like you'll see her on the street and you're like, ooh, that girl would like what my ass. But then you actually talk to her and you're like, she's tofu. Like, bro, I could break her. <laughs> Yo, that's actually very interesting to know because I, because I don't know you that well, I would have never really thought that. Like, I would think that you're like pretty, like a Leo, like, you know, fire in you, fire burning strong. And I feel like because I'm also a fire sign, like we would all get along really well. <laughs> but... I feel like people think I'm a softie from how I look, but I don't think I'm that soft, so... No, you sharp as fuck, you man. <laughs> you a razor. <laughs> it's like I'm like um, a teddy bear, but then when you open it up, you find like a bomb. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Just kidding. Surprise! <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, this kind of derailed really quickly. <laughs> But now that we know what a real friend is and that, you know, we match each other's, um, you know, specs and like we're all friends here. What do you think makes a fake friend? And this is really interesting because I don't know if you guys are as, you know, strict about this definition as I am. Or maybe I'm less strict. Hmm. Mm -hmm. I guess like I can go first because I feel like I'm pretty loose with this definition and broad. And I really only started to 
clearly distinguish who my fake friends are versus my real friends during quarantine like before then i wouldn't even have thought like oh this person's a fake friend because i was so willing to just be friends with anyone like i feel like i'm the opposite of cindy where my threshold for friendships aren't that high like i'll put you on my close friends list on instagram if i feel like we get along you know And so during quarantine, when everything got shut down back in March last year, and you really only had to put an effort to talk to people, I started to realize who was putting an effort to reach out to me and who wasn't. And I also realized like who I wanted to reach out to versus who I didn't really care that much to talk to. And it showed me like who, like I, it showed me like people's true colors. And I was more aware of like how people thought of me in their friend circles, because if I wanted to reach out to someone or have a chat with them and then they didn't um, feel the same towards me then it's like oh like you actually don't value me as much as I value you and I wouldn't say that that makes them a fake friend but it kind of realigned my expectations for the friendship and made me aware that perhaps like this person isn't as close as a friend as I had initially thought they were um which is okay like I don't think it's like their fault but I think like for me I sometimes tend to get excited when I make friends and I like think that they're super close and then um I realize like perhaps they didn't think the same way so I think for me like the only quality that would define a fake friend is like when I put in more time into the friendship significantly or when I value the friendship significantly more than they do and then I'm like okay like you're probably just a fake friend I I think I almost agree like a hundred percent with that not to just completely like repeat what you have said but I'm kind of more similar to Cindy in that I also have a pretty low threshold for actual friends which is why like I haven't really had like a fake friend in like probably I don't even know like close to a decade um because like I think like way earlier in high school I just very much like shrunk the circle to like the people who I think value me the same way which I later found out (laughs) I was wrong but yeah so I also think like it's just a a fine line between like there's a difference between fake friends and acquaintances right because in acquaintance you know that like both of you guys are kind of seeing the relationship as a relatively shallow level but a fake friend is someone like you said you think that there is more to it and that it is you care more about this person and that you consider more of their feelings and you have more of their best interests at heart but then it is not reciprocated and I think that's when it really stings a little bit and then you realize like ooh, this is not what I expected and it's not as genuine of a relationship so yeah I think that's how I would also define fake friends and thankfully don't have many of those because don't have many friends in general yeah just to echo on that thought out of all of my five friends that I have I don't (laughs) think anyone's a fake friend so you know pretty doing pretty good five for five like good friends you know um not a bad bean in the basket so I think my definition is probably a little different because I think there's a difference between fake friends and acquaintances but also fake friends versus just bad friends like people who aren't a good friend like they're still a friend they just don't know how to be a really great one they're trying to level up but you know we'll see but my definition is more like very based on one thing just like genuine and honesty if they can't be their true selves around you and or you can't be your true self around them then that's what i would consider a fake friend like if you feel like it's necessary to either conceal a part of yourself or to not share everything about yourself And on the flip side, if they feel like, or if you feel like they're not showing you everything about themselves, then I don't really consider that like a real true friend. That's interesting because I feel like 
I wouldn't say like my friend circle is only like five. And the reason why is because I have a lower threshold for letting people be my friends and like um, just asking them how they're doing and all of that um, or like staying in touch throughout COVID. But I would say like my close inner circle of like close friends is five or less, right? And those are the people that I like can be my true self with. But with all my like just normal friends, like I still feel like I'm not a hundred percent like my true self or i wouldn't say like every single thing that comes to mind like does that make me fake then yeah just the fake bitch man (laughs) (laughs) no like i think definitely there's people that you choose to like you know like this is your friend that you always party with or like this is the friend that you always talk about deep shit with and like there's like different facets of friendships but this is also like a clear difference between like the fact that you have a high social battery and like you can maintain versus like I only have five friends because that is the maximum I can do. <laughs> like. Yeah, and I, I don't think that necessarily like just because you're more social and you have more like friends um, that you keep up with that, that you're necessarily more fake just because you're like less quote unquote genuine with them because I kind of think of a fake friend as someone who, for example, is more social, but let's say they are friends with someone, they hang out with them, but on the flip side, they actually dislike that person or they dislike interacting with them, but they still keep up that friendship. That to me is slightly more on the fake friend side, right? Like that's kind of how like we're all like the backstabbing and like being like fake and flowery Mm -hmm. comes in. That is honestly my worst nightmare. Like I (laughs) sometimes question if people hang out, like not like now, obviously, because like COVID, like I feel like people only put in effort to people they care about. But like before, especially at Ivy, honestly, I would question like if I was hanging out with them and they like actually liked me as a person or they were just hanging out with me because we were affiliated in the same club or in the same section or something like that. And they actually didn't like me as a person. And I feel like that has definitely happened. Like I wouldn't be surprised at all. It's just, I've never found out about it. Some people are really good at hiding it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. um, But now that we've kind of defined what a fake friend is, I think a lot of um, people throw this term around too. Like, they'll call people toxic friends. Do you think there is a difference between, like, a fake friend and a toxic friend? Definitely. Because I think, like, for example, like, a fake friend, like, they know that they don't care about you. (laughs) Like, deep down, they are aware that they are being fake to you most of the time, and they know that they don't value you the same way. But a toxic friend might be different in that, like, they think that the friendship is genuine and they think that they are invested in the relationship, but they are just terrible friends. And because they're not self-aware, they are more self-centered or like they just don't see what's happening. And, you know, like they might be taking advantage of you in ways that they don't realize, but that does not excuse how toxic they are. So I think there's definitely a difference. Mm -hmm. I agree 100%. Like, I think the most difficult thing about toxic friends is that they truly believe that they are doing the best (laughs) for you and they they think that they have your best interests at heart, but they'll pull some shit where they're coming at it from a very like, oh, but I want the best for you angle, but in reality, they're hurting you, right? And that's the most difficult part because at least for a fake friend, they're real in the fact that they just don't give a shit and they don't care about you. So I think Mm -hmm. my definition here is that not all fake friends are toxic, but also not all toxic friends are fake. And there's overlap of the two, like there's fake toxic friends, but you know, that's very scientific of a definition. (laughs) 
<laughs> I feel like I have more experiences with fake friends than I have with toxic friends. I feel like if I find someone to be toxic, I just won't talk to them anymore. And maybe I've been lucky and I haven't had a close toxic friend that I haven't had to deal with that. Like, have you guys had to experience that and how did you deal with it? Yeah, I think another thing is that oftentimes when you're in the deep end, you don't realize that that friend is toxic. Like, you genuinely think that it's a good friendship. Oh, they might be a little overbearing or something or they might say the wrong thing, but they're still, like, they still care about me. And that's really hard because you don't realize you're in a toxic relationship. And this this is the same way with friends or significant others. Like, you often almost lie to yourself because you're like, oh, but they're such a great friend, right? And I've definitely had this experience where I had a pretty close friend a couple of years ago that, you know, I considered someone I'd share a lot of, like, a lot of my secrets with or a lot of my, like, deepest, darkest, like thoughts and like a lot of things I was confused about and they they would offer me advice too and I think they thought they were doing the best for me but then they would hit me with a lot of comments that made me feel really shitty about myself and they would almost try to help but end up turning it around and not gaslighting me but in a way making it feel like I was the root of my own problems all the time and I was just really sad and really, really not in great spot, but I didn't realize it was because of the person and like their tactics. I thought it was just me. And it wasn't until like meeting other people and realizing how friendships are supposed to be like (laughs) that I was like, oh shit. Oh no. I have realized suddenly that, you know, this person is not who I thought they were. Yeah. I think like going off of what you were saying about, you know, not realizing because you're in the deep end. Um, and the similarities between like friendships and romantic relationships like there is a line from a show I really like called Bojack and I I don't know the line just like sticks with me for a very long time but it says like you know when you're wearing rose-colored glasses all the red flags just look like flags and I think it's just very relatable because that's what it feels like in these relationships is that you are you have already reached a point where you saw all the good qualities in them and you started to care about them and you think that there's something genuine that all of the little quote-unquote toxic traits you think you know like are just like their flaws or like they are just like one incident that doesn't define who they are and so you're you tend to be more forgiving and then so by the time that you realize that this person might be toxic it might be a little bit like not too late but like it's more hard it's harder to cut off that relationship and so I'm really glad that Eamon hasn't (laughs) experienced too much of that um but yeah I definitely have my fair share and I think it's interesting because I think my experience is almost the flip side of Cindy's where the person didn't like make me feel bad per se like actually it was the opposite um they always made me feel like really happy whenever I hung out with them whenever we had conversations it was always a good time and we've been friends for like I think like five six years and it was during high school so you know one of the most transitional like time of your lives we were coming into university lots of hard times and we went through like lots of obstacles and challenges in life together that's another thing which made it really hard to then pick out those traits and uh you know characteristics to be like oh now i'm gonna cut you off 
Um, but what I realized was that this person did not have my best interests at heart. And a lot, sometimes they were behind my back that I discovered, but sometimes it was like, you know, even things that in front of me that like he would say or do that I realized, hmm, this kind of shows that you don't care about me or that you haven't taken the time to, you know, consider things from my perspective, which is fine. Not everyone can do that all the time, but if I am able to do that for you all these years, why can't you why can't you reciprocate? Um, and I think it definitely took me a very, very, very long time to come to terms with that and be honest with myself. But yeah, so it's definitely, it's, it was the flip side of Cindy's case where, you know, like it was not like they were trying to gaslight me or made me feel really bad, but it was the opposite, which made it even harder <laughs> to kind of realize that they were toxic. While you guys are talking, I'm like going through the list of my friends or like my previous friendships and thinking, wait, which ones were toxic? I can't even tell because you're right. Like when you have rose colored glasses on, it's so hard to tell the red flags and especially for a friendship, like friendships and relationships. I think the one difference is when you're in a relationship, like you're so close with that person and you share so much and you're so vulnerable with them that it's almost easier to tell if there are red flags down the line but like if you have like so many friends like and you don't give like my entire self to like one person and sometimes I feel like I do spread myself kind of thin that even if someone's toxic like maybe it's not affecting me as much because I'm also like not realizing it Mm. yeah 100% because I think friendships you're also like oh the stakes are not as high where like you know you're not like (laughs) marrying this person in the future so like you might be less like attentive to like the smaller things that are happening all over the place so yeah 100 percent. yeah and i feel like like we've mentioned like when you're lost in the sauce per se and sometimes <laughs> you're just swimming and i almost this was how stupid i was i was like i saw these kind of toxic traits and i was like oh it's just their personality or like oh they're just that way it's just that quirky thing about them that they do and I think like it's really hard to differentiate between like you said their flaws or you know everyone has them versus if it's like an uber like red flag and Mm -hmm. how do you think you do that Kara? I think it comes down to if it hurts you because like a person can have like I have many flaws right like I I don't know like I'm not gonna start naming them because (laughs) there are countless and (laughs) But I think like a red flag is if it starts to affect you, I think that's where you need to stop and ask like what's happening. Is this like a pattern like behavior like that's that hurts me or negatively influences me in one way or the other? That's probably when it gets a little bit more serious. And I think I was definitely the same where like the person I saw a lot of traits where I was like, oh, like that's just who they are. Like they've always been like this, like that's completely fine. And then I realized like, oh, hey, I don't think that's okay like (laughs) you know to do something like that like I've had cases where um you know someone literally who I consider my closest friend who I told everything to would go behind me and then say certain things about me to someone that they had just met for like maybe a couple of months um and then when I heard that I was like that's okay like I I literally justified it on their behalf and that like you know like maybe I am a little like bitchy sometimes or like maybe I am like uh this way sometimes like like I was hurt but I was also like trying to justify their actions and then I later realized 
hey, but I would never do that to you. <laughs> so I think like that's where you kind of draw the line where it's like, ooh, like this behavior, like is it hurting me? Um, and is it would it be something that I would do to the other person? And would that be acceptable? So I think that's how I kind of try to differentiate. I really like the I would never do that to you analogy because I feel like that it makes it easy and like um, for you to differentiate like what is toxic versus what isn't. Like I feel like I've applied that with my friendships, especially how to tell like if someone is putting in effort or not. Like I asked myself like if I was on there and like would I be doing this or making this excuse or would I actually put in the time to like call you? And if my answer is different from what their actions are, then I'm, I kind of reevaluate how I think about this person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think a key thing for me as well is that if you see them not treating other people the same way that they treat you, or, you know, if mm-hmm. stories from other people differ a lot from the person that you see or know if there's like a huge discrepancy like that then it's like oh is it just me like are they just treating me this way and maybe you know they reserved all of their quirky traits for me (laughs) and and it's hard to do that because i think a lot of toxic or fake people that i've encountered are different in the way that toxic people oftentimes reserve their toxic traits for specific people they don't just show it to everyone but fake friends are just fake all around like they will just smile and laugh with everyone and that's why they're harder to find because you never really know what their true self is right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah like even now i have some friends where i don't know if they're (laughs) fake or not which scares me sometimes but yeah like it's so hard to distinguish like if they actually think of me as like a real friend or if they're like being fake with me and they have to like keep up that appearance because we are like still in each other's lives yeah so after this episode Yemen's gonna go scroll through her friends list and check off everyone it's like is this person fake yeah like wait how about this person what have they done to me have they done anything for me But it also, like, makes me reevaluate who, how I am as a friend. Like, I would never want Mm. someone to question if I'm being fake to them. If I actually, like, truly value them as a friend, I want them to know that I value them as a friend. So then I'm questioning, like, do I do enough to let them know? Yeah, that's definitely really hard because I think when, Kara, when you were talking about, like, oh, have I been hurt or have I hurt some? And I was thinking, like, sometimes subconsciously, like, I may hurt my friends and I don't know that I've hurt them unless they tell me. And that's why I also value honesty because like if I do something to hurt you, if I did something that was not good, like I need you to tell me because I don't purposefully try to hurt my friends and I try my best to be like a good friend. But oftentimes, like if you're not standing from the outside, if you're not the other person, it's really hard to tell like if this is a good friendship or not. Yeah. And I think that's where, like, there's another parallel with, like, just relationships in general. Like, communication is just so important. Like, it doesn't really matter how many years that you guys have been friends. Like, things can always go south, like, just from, like, a tiny little misunderstanding. So, yeah, definitely communicate when you're hurt, guys. (laughs) On the topic of communication, I would like to bring up communicating with friends and, like, the um, frequency in which you communicate with them. Because I have one friend who 
takes the longest time or I don't not even one like a couple friends who take the longest time to respond to messages and sometimes they'll like leave me on read and then they'll respond like two weeks later and then at the beginning that hurt like that kind of low-key hurt me and I was like why am I messaging this person for them to only respond two weeks later and then I see it so I'll respond right away and then they'll like take so long to respond and I think I like brought it up with that person and this was like early on in the friendship too and I was like hey like this is not okay but also like do you do this with everyone because if you do and this is just who you are as a person then I can accept that and I'll just lower my expectations for you and it turns out like that was just who they were as a person so I was like okay like I'm fine with that as long as I know that then I will not expect you to respond to me right away. And if you like leave me on red and um, respond to me a couple weeks later, like I will be fine with it. But what are your thoughts on that? I'm going to have to call bullshit on this one because yeah, <laughs> I feel like as a person, if you're really interested, if you'd like someone, you would respond right away. Or at least whenever you had the mental capacity to do so, I would never leave any of my close friends on fucking red for two weeks and just be like, oh, that's just, you know, a personality trait of mine. Being terrible is not a personality trait. You're just being terrible. <laughs> I I think I kind of agree. Like, I, I do understand that everyone has, like, obviously, like, they text very differently. Like, you know, they have, like, different preferences. But... <laughs> Like, for example, like, I have a friend who I talk to maybe, like, once a month. But when you talk, like, because how do you keep a conversation going if each response takes two weeks? Like, that's not a conversation. Like, how does, how do you even exchange anything? <laughs> like, I feel like that's kind of, and like, like you said, like, Cindy, like, if they read it, if you have the time to read it, like, a response takes, like, two minutes. <laughs> so what is happening that you have to push it? so far back into your agenda like into the back backlog that it's coming up like weeks later like what's the point of keeping the conversation alive at that point okay you do make a good point and i think like i'm guilty of doing this to the people that do this to me if i only get a response every two weeks then i am very okay with leaving that person on read as well and then responding to them in two weeks when i have like a surge of like social battery and i'm like let me respond to everyone right now <laughs> and and i feel like with those friends like how i actually stay in touch with them is like through a phone call like being like okay let's call and actually talk mm -hmm. instead of like doing this like back and forth but no i actually really do agree with you cindy like on your aggressiveness with this like if they if you're really a close friend like they'll make time for you and that's like a very true statement and i think like i'm kind of bad at responses now so i have to like be cognizant of doing that as well and being like timely with my responses with my friends because i don't want people to like not think that i value them so i have to keep that in mind yeah and maybe that's just me because i like like i said i have so few friends once again just just to reiterate <laughs> that like it's just not that hard to keep up a conversation with like one person right and i almost think like this is such a low standard that like if i can't even count on you to reply for something so low effort as that what if i actually needed help how the hell can i count on you for help right if i needed to you to drive me to the hospital or if like there's an accident that's happened and i call you uh, if i can't even count on you for a message and to keep up a fucking conversation then like i don't even consider you a friend and then that would just be like an acquaintance checking in every two weeks they're like a newsletter bi-weekly like <laughs> oh my god yeah 
No, I you prove a good point. And I think like that's why you have like really solid like five friends, right? Whereas like for me, <laughs> if I had to count the my close friends on my fingers, like I don't know, man. Like I don't know, you know? <laughs> so yeah, like I think this is one of the dangers of like sometimes like being okay with being friends with a lot of people and then just having like okay friends you know yeah and like i feel like for me my close friends i literally talk to on like almost a daily or every other day basis like i will message them and even if it's just like here's a random fucking meme i found like i just like to keep up with them and otherwise like my really close childhood friend she's not here in ontario and so well she's she's still in the same fucking country what am i saying so for my close childhood friend we don't text every day because i know she's busy but we will schedule calls like every other week or like every month and when we call we'll talk for hours and it's like we didn't spend any time apart at all and it's like that close almost like kind of a kinship that we have that makes me realize like maybe frequency isn't the most important determinant in how close your relationship is that's what i was just about to bring up like i also have that one like childhood friend who i've been friends with since like i was six and she is across the continent uh, across the continent across the world um in china and so we definitely like i said like talk like once or twice every month and it would be through a phone call uh and then we would just like catch up and it would be like nothing changed so definitely i agree it really depends on like the level of bond and understanding that you guys have of each other that like you know that both of you guys are very much aware that nothing will change even if you don't communicate uh, that often versus friends that you probably do need more conversations and communications with so i guess it depends yeah and on this topic of like keeping in touch i think that one thing that's really difficult to experience is that when you stop keeping in touch or when friendships go apart and i don't know about you guys but that has definitely happened and has hurt me a lot in the past where i'm like did i do something wrong like is it because of me that we're drifting apart and i think now i've realized that that's just a part of growing pains and you know sometimes you and your friend your trajectories will just be different and you'll veer off and you know if you're really good friends or if you actually value each other you guys will meet again down the line but you know that's another story yeah i think for me i i also like experienced the friendships growing apart thing especially the transition from high school to university so like in high school i had this best friend that i was best friends with like for at least five years and i thought i was going to grow old with this person like she was like my ride or die and like everyone in our high school knew that we were best friends and we did every single club together like we spent all of our free time outside of class together and we also took almost all the same classes because we all like we both wanted to do business in university and like we would talk about university apps like we just spent so much time together so yeah I thought she was my ride or die but we went to different universities in different provinces so it wasn't like easy just for us to visit each other but I think that I started to realize we were growing apart and I started to realize that I started to value the friendship more than she did when you know you schedule calls and then they keep on rescheduling because they're busy or when you're calling they're like doing their laundry or like doing something else 
um, and they uh, they just like aren't 100% there, right? And that was going on in first year during like the time where I arguably needed a close friend the most in my life. And so that was so hard for me. Like I remember crying a lot because I knew that this friendship was growing apart, but I wanted to cling on to it so bad. And I think that during that first year and into the summer, like there were peaks and lows like we would be close and then we would be like kind of not close and close and kind of not close and it was just like depending on our schedules too and that kept on happening into like third year honestly so like this growing apart phase didn't happen quickly like it was like something that happened over a long period of time and i think honestly we really realized we grew apart like in the last year of university because in third year i would still call her and update her about my life ask her for advice and take her advice really seriously and i think she did the same to me to a certain extent as well and we still tried to make it work but then in fourth year that was when i realized when we talked i was not interested in what she was talking about and she also probably wasn't interested in what I was talking about and so even that connection wasn't there which is like basic for any friend so then I that was like honestly after four years I was like okay maybe this is the end of our friendship and I think now it's come to like we wish each other happy birthday and that's it and that went from like my ride or die for five years to wishing each other happy birthday in one line and now I think I've come to peace with it and I realize like that that's it and you know like I still think you know it'd be really nice to attend her wedding and for her to come to my wedding and like still like see all of the developments that we end up going through in life but I recognize that we have grown apart dude got a little teary-eyed not gonna lie like losing a friend and breaking up with a friend in a sense is like i feel like way worse than with a significant other because with same here my friends i invest so much of myself and tell them so much that maybe i would even tell my significant other and especially if they were your ride Mm -hmm. or die like that was the person your confidant that you could tell everything to that you would say everything to and to go from like that relationship to almost being strangers is just so heartbreaking. I think what you mean described was just like what I'm really scared of with my current close friends. And it's what I have been terrified of just like over the years of university. And I think like as much as like it hurt, it really does probably just come down to one side not trying enough or like it shows that they are like at some point they started to care about it less or that like you know they found other things that I think that's really the only probably like the broader reason why you guys would start to drift because I think at the end of the day it all comes down to like what you said like if you want to remain friends with this person like you would like both of you guys if you guys are reciprocating each other's like feelings and efforts it should in theory continue because like that's what I was like terrified with with like a lot of my friends like including those who I'm like oh yeah we're gonna go to each other's like weddings and stuff like that and I'm like you know my parents are the ones who would always tell me get used to saying goodbyes um like when I came when I like moved from China to Canada like I was very much like clinging on to my friends because that's all I had um and I would like cry every night because like I hated Canada so much at that point but also I was in PEI guys like come on like there was nothing in PEI except really good seafood um 
but you know, I really cleaned on to the friendships and I was like, they are my life. And my parents told me that, you know, these goodbyes are just part of life and you have to get used to letting these people go and they're going to move on and you're going to move on. And I was like, no, like I'm going to stay friends with some of these people forever. Um, and I did manage to stay friends with some of them all these years, but it's really because like deep down you're like, I want this bad enough. And luckily they did too. So that's probably what it is. And it terrifies me. And I don't know, like just thinking about it, like breaks my heart. So I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, yeah dude, I only have five people I talk to. If I lose one, that's going to be a hard blow. <laughs> like that's 20% of my portfolio <laughs> just gone. <laughs> oh my god this is gonna become oh a meme like we're actually gonna make a meme out of this because i swear you've said you only have five friends 10 times already oh my gosh yeah <laughs> no just thinking about the five and whether they will withstand the test of time i guess but i think at the end of the day the people who still try and you're still able to maintain long-term friendships with these are people who share very similar values with you and that's why you're able to withstand a lot of changes that are superficial in your life because at the end of the day i feel like a person's true core doesn't change like yes i'm a very different person than i was five years ago but i think a lot of what makes me who i am still stayed the same and that's why i can still retain these friendships with people that know me for me that's actually super interesting because I reflect back on why that friendship fell apart, kind of, and I always thought it was because we grew apart, because we became such different people in university. Like, I'm someone completely different from five years ago, she's someone completely different from five years ago, and so our growth patterns, like, just went farther and farther from each other, and so that's why we grew apart, but you're right, like, at the core, like, our values and morals probably still stayed the same, and if that friendship was strong enough to flourish when we had those, then why isn't it flourishing now? Yeah, I think, like, it comes down a lot to effort, and sometimes, like, I've realized, like, people have different levels of effort for friends. I feel like, like, everyone has a social battery or an effort battery or whatever, and some people will put all of their effort into one or two people who are close to them, and then some people like to spread it out, like, Cindy loves to spread it out between five people. I'll spread it out, but, like, I don't know how many, like, you know, five or so people as well. I, I honestly have never counted my friends, so, like, I love how you know there's five, but... <laughs> yeah like i think like yeah i i keep a daily record when i go to sleep at night and i just count one two three and i just check that they're all there <laughs> inventory yeah i got one two three four five okay good roll call like yeah exactly so i think like yeah you're right kara like the effort piece is lacking as well yeah yeah i think like to go off of the i what cindy said about like you didn't really change it's at the core of who you are I think it's so true because like just a really good example like the friend who I said was like quote-unquote toxic and that we grew apart like in high school for example it was we were a trio of friends so it was like the three of us like you know how you said that your high school friends thought that the two of you guys would stay friends forever in high school everyone thought the three of us would stay friends forever and like go to each other's weddings and things like that but while like two of us stayed friends all of these years and we all went to different universities two of us 
stayed friends till this day while the other one drifted apart. And then there was an actually like an incident that happened like a couple of weeks ago where it happened on Clubhouse, um, where he came back, randomly joined a room um, that the two of us were in, and we haven't talked in almost two years. And he popped into this room and he was drunk and he was talking about what had happened between us, like, you know, and a line that he repeated a lot was, we were just a bunch of like 18 year olds. Like, what do we know? Like, we all changed so much, right? Like, we changed so much through university. We were just a bunch of kids. What did we know about, like, staying friends forever? He was basically saying that we were naive and, like, people change and, like, all of these things. But it's just so ironic because (laughs) the two of us didn't change. Like, we stayed friends. Nothing changed between us, right? Like, we didn't become, like, less close over the years of university. Nothing changed. So it's because of the core of who we were, as individuals not because of like the circumstances or like you know maturity or like whatever no it's just because of who you are as a person um that's what changed or like it's just that we realized later on down the line so yeah just an example yeah that's a perfect example and i think with my friend from childhood like we have become like not polar opposites but almost exactly opposite people and it's scary how very different her life is from mine like she's in engineering she's in the army like she is just so out of my world of you know yappies right so it's honestly magic that we still like each other and she still tolerates me um but we will still catch up and we'll still talk about all of these different things that are happening in our lives and we will still you know care for each other like we'll still almost like sisters will kind of stay. And like, she's one person in my life. I'm like, dude, I am, you know, sticking to her side like a thorn until the day we both kaput. Like that is, that is (laughs) definitely going to happen because we've spent two decades together already. Like what's another four or five, right? But I think, you know, I don't know if we'll be friends in years. And I mean, I hope so, but also in a sense like regardless if we stay friends or not yo we are all crossing our fingers like please the lord jesus if you are up there but i think like at the end of the day like your people i'm willing to put the effort in for and even if it doesn't work out or we drift apart like you're still people i wish like the complete best for and i hope you like achieve your dreams and sometimes that sort of like goodbye or like just well wishes is good enough like you can't force everything to remain the same right wow, this got real deep, like the Marianas Trench, man. Like, (laughs) um, not to end on... (laughs) I'm like just taking it in. Yeah, wow. It's like, I just like confessed to both of you. Oh my God, I'm so embarrassed. Um, (laughs) But I think this kind of brings us to a kind of like bittersweet ending because we've talked a lot about you know why we pick friends and bad friends or fake friends or toxic friends but at the end of the day a friend is someone who wishes you well and yeah i think that brings us to the end of today's episode thank you so much kara for being part of our episode and we really loved hearing the stories that you had to share so just thank you so much for opening up and you can follow us on we hate small talk on instagram thank you guys for having me see you guys in the next one bye